0: Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. My wife and I oftentimes talk about a marketplace ministry, and I define that as striving every day to demonstrate that you can be successful in business by still having the characteristics of Christ. And, and when the Holy Spirit gave me as a young man to pursue a career in business, all of the role models I had were not really good role models. I mean, I'm watching TV programs like you and I'm seeing characters like J.R. Ewing from Dallas, you know, people who are ruthless and spiteful. And I'm saying to myself, if that's what it takes to be successful in business, that's, that's not who I am, but, but I was led to understand that you can have characteristics of Christ and be successful, yeah. and, and that's really what I've been striving for. And I'm going to share a scripture that reflects that for me and what I stand for. Uh, next slide, please. Let me get my technology working here. There we go. So Matthew 5:16. So this is my ministry in this marketplace as a businessman is really grounded in this scripture. It's one that you all know very well, to let my light shine before men, that they may see my good works, but glorify the Father in heaven. So everything I say this morning is, is an attempt to, to glorify God and not myself. But, but when people ask me all the time, how did you get here? How did you go from where you were to where you are? I tell them it fundamentally comes down to, to two things. Next slide. Uh, It is faith and hard work. Those are the two fundamental things that I strive for. You guys can help me with my clicker up here. It is not cooperating with me. So you guys can advance the slide for me. Go to the next slide. Okay, we got some technology help coming. So faith and hard work. So one of the most famous lines that I've heard the last two years has been, you're on mute. Have y'all heard that one on these, all these virtual meetings that you have? Okay, all right. all right. So at least I'm not on mute this morning, all right? All right. So if, there you go. So faith and hard work. So when people ask me, how did you get here, it's really these two fundamental things. What I'm going to do this morning is spend some time walking you through my journey but I'm going to start with how faith has played a really critical role in, in how I've gotten here. And, again, Lord, the good Lord has blessed me with an incredible responsibility that Pastor Larry talked about. So I'm going to share it with you, again, to put in context what, what I'm doing so you can understand just how this foundation of faith has worked. So you can go to the next slide. So this is who I am. I'm the chairman, president, and CEO of Lowe's. Last year we did $96 billion in sales. Uh, we have over 2,200 stores in the U.S. and Canada, and we have 350,000 employees worldwide. We call our employees associates because we feel like they're, they're part of, of our family. And so when you see worldwide, it's Canada, it's the U.S., it's India, uh, and it's China. So that's, that's a worldwide workforce. And, and Lowe's is the 31st largest company in America. So, so when I talk about how I got from where I was to where I am, that puts it in perspective. And God has blessed the company mightily. So since 2019, we've grown the business by $24 million, billion. We've grown profits by, not, by $6 billion. And the stock price from the day I started to the beginning of this year has grown from $88 to almost $260 a share. So that's a reflection And and, and this is all to put into context what God has done. And not only has he blessed us financially, he's blessed the reputation of the company. For the first time in 17 years last year, Lowe's was recognized by Fortune magazine as the number one most admired specialty retailer in the world. And and this year we were pleased to hear that we were recognized for the second year in a row, That's the first this company's been around for 100 years. This is the first time that we've ever been recognized by Fortune Magazine two years in a row. So that tells you that God is blessing us. But then the question is, how do you take this blessing and do good with it? So you can see re- reflected on the slide that from 2019, we've been able to invest two billion dollars in our frontline employees. And when I talk about frontline employees, I'm not talking about vice presidents and senior vice presidents. I'm talking about cashiers, truck unloaders, people that work overnight. And because of the financial blessings, we've had a chance to give back. And we've given back to our community almost $300 million homeless shelters, battered women's shelters, veterans' homes, uh, storm recovery. And again, this is part of the Matthew five sixteen ministry of letting my light shine that men may see my work, but glorify the Father in heaven. So now, let's, now that you have context of kind of the where I'm at, let's let's talk about how I got here. Uh, so this is where I grew up. I grew up in Brownsville, Tennessee. It's a little rural town about an hour and twenty miles north of Memphis. I'm the middle child of seven, so I, I grew up as a peacemaker. Parents were sharecroppers, Uh, and my mother was the oldest of 16, and my dad never graduated from high school. And if you're the oldest of 16, you got to be a tough lady. And my mom was a tough lady, but but she was tough in all the right ways. My parents raised us in the church. They raised us to love God, and they gave us a heart for giving. And, And I'm blessed that my wife has the same characteristics of loving God, raising the church, and, and, and the understanding of the power of giving this, this photo is of the gospel group the Ellison family the person's circle is me and when I see this photo I have one thought man you gotta love the 70s love the 70s man and then my second thought is you gotta hate the 70s so it's both But I really wish I could get that hair back. man. (laughs) Oh, well. And my sister stood up. That's her in the front. That really little child. That's that's Renatha right there. So, look, we didn't have a lot of financial wealth. But again, we were raised in the church uh, and, and our parents gave us everything we needed to be successful. So what did they give us? They gave us three things because they grew up in Jim Crow South. They didn't have access to opportunity. They couldn't strive for the American dream. But they said to us, don't make excuses. Work hard, pursue a good education, and put God first. As, as tough as it may be out there, God loves you, and there's somebody doing worse than you are. So don't feel sorry for yourself. Go out there and make something happen. And, and so although we didn't grow up with a lot, I grew up with everything I needed to be successful. That's why when I look at, at Pastor Larry, I'm actually much more impressed with his journey <laughs> than my journey. <laughs> you know, growing up in the city St. Louis and not having the right structure around you, even though we didn't have a lot, we had great parents. Yeah. And, and I had siblings who were smart, competitive, uh, and also collaborative. And the first time Sharon visited my family, for a holiday, I mean, she thought it was the most chaos she'd ever seen before. Because <laughs> everybody talks at the same time and tries to get a word in. And hey, But that's, that's how I grew up. So l- let, me, let me give you this journey that you hear about. So this represents my 31-year career journey. It looks impressive. I started out making $4.35 an hour working at Target part-time. And now, I've been the chairman and CEO of two Fortune 500 companies. So, so, now, the key word is, I said, it looks impressive. It looks linear. Like, it's been smooth selling. You know, Target, the Home Depot, JCPenney, Lowe's. And I had a busy week last week. We did our quarterly earnings. I was on CNBC. Had a lot of great things said about the company, a lot of great things said about me. The share price was up. It was it was a week of celebration. And, and one of my one member of my team who's been with us for a couple years asked me a great question. He said, Mr. Ellison, do you ever lose? And I said, quite a bit, and I, I'm gonna make sure you hear my message on Sunday because I'm gonna put it in perspective of kind of what this journey has been because this looks like flawless progression. But what I'm going to do now for you is go a little bit deeper in what it really looks like, starting with my career at Target, where I spent 15 years. Let's go to the next slide. You can see how bumpy that is, right? (laughs) So let me explain what you're looking at. In 15 years, I was passed over for five promotional opportunities that I know about. Sharon and I moved six times to six different states twice while she was pregnant. One time she was on bed rest for over six months. Just me and her. But we kept chasing the dream. It was devastating to pursue opportunities that you felt you were qualified or overqualified for and you got passed over. But that's what happened in 15 years. So you may think, well, this is an anomaly. Things surely got better as you progress to other companies. Well, let's take a look at my journey at the Home Depot. I got passed over six times in 12 years of jobs that I know about. The only difference is I got passed over while living in the same city versus having to move. At least that's one consolation, right? So what's the point here? It's, it's something that Sharon says all the time and it's a quote attributed to poet Maya Angelou. And that is, you see my glory, but you don't know my story. So oftentimes when you look at Pastor Larry and Tiz with this wonderful worldwide ministry and the influence that it brings to the world, parts of the world that for years never had access to a message like this. You look at that, but the story is so challenging of what it took took to get here for them, for, for us. And so the message is is that faith has been a grounding force for me to go through this really tough journey. Even my wife doesn't realize how tough this journey has been for me. And I tell her everything. But there have been many sleepless nights and early mornings seeking direction on what do I do now? What am I going to have to do next? Is this going to require me to move to family again? Uh, And it's been a difficult journey. But I'll, I'll walk you through how faith has given us both something, and, and that's the next slide, and that's resilience. You know, I love the old saying: "It's not how many times you get knocked down that counts; it's the amount of times you get up." Amen. But but when you have faith, faith creates a foundation of resilience because you you believe you believe that God has a plan, and so when I think about my success, it is about a foundation of faith. And then it's about the hard work and discipline intertwined. And, and let me let me give you two scriptures that are the foundation of my faith. So the first one is Hebrews eleven and one. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. You know the scripture. It's well known. I'm sure many of you have quoted many times like I have. Let me give you a second scripture Second Corinthians five and seven. For we walk by faith and not by sight. So some of you may be saying, I, I know these scriptures, Marvin. I recite these scriptures. I try to live by these scriptures, but yet I'm still not feeling that I'm making the progress in my life that I should. And trust me, I know the feeling. If you look at that bumpy journey that I've had, there have been plenty of times where I've asked the question, why is this person, that person, that person more blessed than I am? What am I doing wrong? Does God love me as much as he loves These other people that seem to have everything going in their favor. And then the Holy Spirit revealed something to me. Said that God loves us all the same, just like a parent with multiple children. Because God is a parent with multiple children. And so the Holy Spirit then revealed to me that because God loves us all the same, my personal success is more about me. It's more about what I'm doing. in other words... It's like a parent putting a treasure in a safe and you not knowing the combination to get it. It's the best way for me to explain it to you as the Holy Spirit revealed to me. Now, this is my personal journey that I'm walking you through. And and hopefully you can take from my personal journey and you can find answers to your own questions. But, But let me give you another scripture that helped me to put this together relative to the contribution that I had to play in order to figure out what was next for me. And that's First Peter 1 and 17. And if ye call on the Father who, without respect of persons, judges according to every man's work, passes the time of your sojourning here in faith. And I've underlined, who, without respect of persons, judges according to every man's work. And when I ask for spiritual clarity on this, What was given to me is that God loves us all the same. The question is, Marvin, what work are you putting in? What deeds are you putting in? And so I started to ask myself questions that I'll ask you. So in the natural, if you have multiple children, do you love all your children the same? So I answered yes. Sharon and I have two children. Love them both the same. So that's an easy question. Here's a tougher question do you trust your children equally? <laughs> so I can answer it, no. I don't. And here's what Sharon and I tell our kids all the time. As parents, love is given, trust is earned. Amen. That's right. So question, the question that I was asking myself was real simple. As a child of God, What am I doing to give God the trust that the blessings that I'm asking for, that I can handle them, that I can manage them? In other words, if I get that promotion, if I start that business, if I get that financial blessing, if I can get this relationship that I'm hoping and praying for, will I be able to take those things and do God's will once I've received them? So it's a question of, can God trust me to do the right things with the blessings that I'm asking for? And and I'll share some interesting insight. Apostle Davis, my mother-in-law, gave Sharon and I some great, a great word many years ago. We were a young couple. We just moved away. We were struggling financially. But, man, we were sending our ties home every Sunday, and we were just trying to be obedient to God's will. And she said to us, God will continue to bless you because he can trust you. Because you've proven that you will stay within his will irrespective to what you're dealing with and what he gives you or what you have and don't have. That was a powerful word for a young couple. So the question I started to ask myself after she gave us that word was real simple. Am I praying for things that I am unable to manage? Because the word tells us that God can do everything but fail. So if he's not responding to the blessings and the prayers of things that I think I deserve, then is there something that I need to look in the mirror and assess myself on? And, and here's what the Holy Spirit gave me. He gave me this analogy I share with you as I was going through this mental journey. And so to you parents and grandparents out there, would you buy your 16-year-old son or grandson a high-powered motorcycle because he's asking for it and you can afford it? No, because you can't trust that he's not going to hurt himself with it. So it's not that you can't do it. It's that you won't do it. You won't do it because he has not demonstrated a level of maturity that gives you confidence that when you give him this blessing that he is pleading and asking for, that is going to be to his benefit. So the Holy Spirit revealed to me, there is no difference in that analogy than a promotion, than a, a business, than a relationship, something that you're seeking. The question is, can you handle it? What have you done to prove that you can handle it? And so when I go back to First Peter, it reminds me of the work that I need to do in order to prove that I can manage the blessing. And let me, let me share managing waltz with you. I'm going to give you a couple of examples that you may or may not know. Go to the next slide. 70% of lottery winners are broke within seven years. 78% of NFL players are in financial troubles two years after they stop playing, and 60% of NBA players are in financial trouble within five years after retirement. Think about it for a second. When you leave church today, do me a favor and just go online and search lottery curse, and you're going to read some of the most heartbreaking stories you've ever seen from people who won millions of dollars, and it destroyed their lives. So, so why is that? You know, Many of these are not bad people being punished. This is a failure of individuals who received a natural blessing to manage it because they were not ready when the blessing arrived. It's no different than trying to give a six-month-old a, a steak to eat for dinner. They can't digest it. They're just not ready for it. And that was a major revelation to me. So when I, I started studying faith, I would typically start with Hebrews 11 and 1 and Corinthians 5 and 7. But then I I found another scripture that helped me to understand the work that I need to put in. So let's go to James 2 and 26. Next slide. And the scripture says, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. And so as a Christian, that's where I was missing out. Because I felt like, man, I got faith. It's gonna happen for me. But what I didn't realize is I was not putting forth the work and the deeds on a consistent, disciplined basis to get me off of this roller coaster I was on from a career standpoint. And so the question was simply was I putting in the work to prepare me for the blessings that I was asking for? And although this is natural, the, the Lord led me to these scriptures to make sure that I, that I understood this was rounded, this was grounded, you know, in the Word also. So let me share a quick story that my sister has heard as often as I have. You know, my dad tells a story about how he was struggling financially, still living in the South, uh, you know, trying to make ends meet, but he was a part of a gospel singing group, and, he, and they went up to Illinois to perform, and he. Went over one of his old classmates' house. This guy had graduated from high school, same high school, grew up in the same town. But he decided, once he graduated, I'm getting out of the South. I'm getting out of this Jim Crow South. I'm going to move up North. I'm going to go back to school, uh, become an electrician, and I'm going to pursue a different path for my life. So my dad said he shows up. This guy has a new house, sports car, a boat. This is a guy he graduated high school with. He, said, he looked at him and said to him, Man, God's show has been good to you. And he said what his friend said to him, he'll never forget, and he relayed the message to his children. And this was the message. His friend looked at him and said, God has been no more better to me than he has been to you. Because once God gives you your health and strength and the right exercise of your mind, the rest is up to you. So that rest is up to you, stuck with me. In other words, I left the South. I caught the bus. I went back to school. I have. I found a career that regardless of how you feel about the color of my skin, if something's not working in your house, you need an electrician, you'd rather get the job right than worry about the guy that's walking in to fix it. And then I set up a, a business on the side where I can also continue to do well. The rest is up to you. And so from that, it changed my dad's life because he then changed his career. And then he challenged all of us to think about the work you're putting in. And you know how it goes. As you grow up, things things resonate, and then things stop resonating. But that re-resonated with me as I got older. So I started to realize that faith was the foundation, but faith alone was not enough. And so it connects spiritually with, with James 2 and twenty six. But what I determined is that I have to provide works and deeds. And if God's going to bless my works and deeds, man, I'm going to give him some work and some deeds to bless. Because I'm getting ready ready to go to work. And so here's what I did. I asked a simple question, and this is in partnership with my wife. We set the goal, I'm going to be a CEO of a company. So what does it take to get there? Well, first, got to improve my education. So I went back to get my MBA. So let me me tell you about the program I went through. It was at Emory University. And when I walked in, I had 33 students in there. Man, we were done. We had 21. This thing was brutal. Two years of work, 22 hours a week of time I spent reading and studying. In addition to that, while working a job that required 60 hours of work every week, while having two small kids and a wife that wanted me to pay some attention to her. So without Sharon's support in God's favor, I never would have made it through that. Amen. Two years. What I came to the determination was God has 24 hours in a day, so i got to structure everything in my life, which means that for two years i got five hours of sleep every night. so the only I can make the math work because it's only 24 hours in a day. And Sharon will tell you I'm not making that up. But I knew if I did the work, God would bless it. And so I did the work. But then I came to the realization, man, that's not enough. A good education in a world where someone who looks like me is trying to strive for one of these major positions, I'm going to have to do more. And so I realized I just have to work harder than everyone else. And I have to do things that others won't do. And then I read the scripture. Go to the next scripture. This is Genesis 1 and 28. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea, follow the air, and everything living that moveth upon the earth. You've read the scripture many times like I have. But I have underlined, have dominion. I did a little research, and I'm not a, a Bible scholar. But I realized that dominion is mentioned in the Bible approximately 99 times. And my definition of dominion was free will. I got control. I have charge of my life. I have dominion over my life. God gave it to me. But in the 99 times it was mentioned, God never took it back. Never took it back from man. And so that gave me the confidence that God has given me control over my life. He's given me my own destiny in my hands. And, and he's not taking that back from me. So once I realized that, and I realized that God would bless my deeds because his word will never fail, then I came up with a very simple philosophy to grow my career. I simply started to take jobs nobody else would take. So let me give you a perspective. In the last 20 years, and I'm not making this up, in the last 20 years, every job that I've taken, I replaced somebody who was fired or forced out. Twenty years, not by accident, because when you have my background and you 're competing with avid league uh, candidates, people who worked in global jobs, you have to take the road less travel so what so the positions other people were afraid of, those are the jobs I took. The assignments that the risk was too high, the failure rate was too significant people had not been successful in it, those were the jobs I raised my hand for for 20 years. So 20 years, every job I've taken, somebody was fired or forced out, including the job I'm in today. My philosophy was simple. I'm going to dedicate the work, the time, the preparation. I'm going to recruit great people. I'm going to have a sound strategy, and God's going to bless the work. That's right. yeah. yes, amen. amen. I go to work on time. I'm never late for a meeting. I'm the most prepared person in the room. I'm the best dressed person in the room. In other words, I'm giving everything I can. Every deed that I can generate as a natural man, I'm putting it on the table with the belief that God is going to bless it. And God has never let me down. Has it been hard? Yes, it has been. Has it been challenging? You bet it has been. Uh, have there been days where I doubt it if I made the right decision? You bet. Uh, but that foundation of faith always gives me the confidence that if I just do the work and I do it for the right reasons, God is going to bless the effort. You may think now that I'm chairman and CEO of this big company with all the perks and benefits that come along with it that that philosophy has changed. And the answer is no, it hadn't. I'm, I'm the same. I, as a matter of fact, it's intensified. COVID has put us in a position where a lot of us have had to work from home, and I have an office at home, and I have an office, you know, at our corporate campus. And Sharon will tell you, whether well, I'm working at home or I'm going to the office, it's the same. I get up early. I have a morning devotion. Before I look at anything, I have a morning spiritual devotion. I exercise. I get dressed. I read three newspapers. I look at investor information, financial results. I do it all before 8 o'clock in the morning. Whether I'm at home or not, I am fully dressed at home for work if I'm working out of my home office. It's just the same mentality that I take. In, in other words, you know, folks, I'm just trying to do my part to prove to God that he can continue to bless me. And he can trust me with the blessings that he's given me. And I just believe if I continue to do that, continue to generate good work and good deeds, then God is going to continue to bless me. Look, as chairman and CEO of a company, I can sleep late every day. I can start every meeting at 1 o'clock. God's not going to bless that. I can take the corporate plane to nice locations around the world and spend the company money uh, doing things that will benefit and gratify me, but God won't bless that work. You know, in, instead, I'm just trying to do good work. And and so when you think about in conclusion what I've talked about, how did I get here? Faith and hard work is how I got here. And in closing, my career success started with a foundation of faith, but you have to have a plan. I've said it many times, and, and my wife Purchase, you know, these books that she put in my office at home. It's one of my favorite quotes. If you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. And so it's so important, no matter what it is, big or small, you've got to have a vision. Because if you don't have a vision, you can't build a plan to get there. One of the early things that Sharon and I did is we put a vision board together. And we put it in the pantry because no guest would dare go in your pantry. And we were not doing this for anyone to see but us. And we had things on that vision board that people would have thought were just crazy. Marvin's going to be a CEO. We're going to purchase and pay for Sharon's mom a church. We're going to travel around in a private aircraft. We're going to have multiple homes. All of these things. And God answered every prayer. But it was, but folks, it hadn't been easy, and it's required a lot of work, dedication, and commitment, uh, in addition to having faith that God will be true to His word. And so, I just want to say to Pastor Larry and to First Lady Tiz, it's, it's a blessing to be here. You know, we live in Charlotte now, and you know, we watch the services every Sunday. And as I said, I'd much rather be sitting out there with you listening to Pastor Larry right now. But I'm hoping that some of you or somebody receives something from this message. And this is not about me. It's not about gratifying my journey. But it's about letting you know that there is absolutely, positively nothing special about me. And I mean that sincerely. I'm just a man who was blessed to marry a great woman of God raised in a house where parents taught him the benefits of loving God and hard work, raised with great siblings, put a plan together, and just grounded myself in faith knowing that if I would do the work, God would do the rest. So God bless you. Thank you, Pastor Larry, for allowing me to be here today. Can I ask you to pray for us? Of How many would receive a prayer from Marvin on, you know, uh, uh, am I on? Okay. I was first thinking just a prayer to do business, the, the anointing of Zebulon. But Marvin is such a great example as a man of God, a husband, and a father. Would you pray? I I believe one hundred percent that there is an anointing through association. Would you pray for all of us? Yes, sir. Heavenly Father, we give you all praise and glory. We thank you for your favor and your mercy, and we ask you first, Lord, to continue to bless Pastor Larry and Tis. Father, lift them up, keep them strong. Father, we pray for resilience in their health, in their minds, Father, and just keep them motivated, Father, to continue to pursue your word and communicate your word to the masses around the world, Father. We pray for this congregation, both in person and virtual, that any man and woman out there seeking your guidance for success in their business and their lives, Father, you grant them clarity, wisdom, and guidance, Father, on how you will bless their work And you will bless their labor in the name of Jesus, Father. We pray for businesses to start. We pray for bonuses. We pray for wealth generation. We pray, Lord, for all the things that everyone is desiring, Father. And we pray, Lord, that those blessings multiply ten hundred thousand million times over in the name of Jesus and be a blessing to this ministry and to generations to come. Lord, we bind generational curses. We bind wealth curses, and we lose, Father, favor and wealth abundantly, Father. You can do all things but fail, and we seek your wisdom, blessing, and guidance in all we do, and we thank you for just being God. And we ask you, Father, to allow your word in Psalms 91 to protect, cover us, bless us as we go to and fro, Lord, and we ask for your divine blessings and mercy. In your son Jesus' name we pray, amen.